Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. I'm not a big fan of the South African team being in the European Cup. Trick is in the name. You can see that one part doesn't fit into the other. I do think they've brought a huge amount of style and some fantastic rugby to Subscribe it. to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. I'm delighted to be joined by New York GA goalkeeper Mick Cunningham. How's things, Mick? Congratulations. Yeah, no, things are good. Actually, yeah, and it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, New York, they made history winning their first ever Connacht Championship game. I suppose, has it all sunk in at this point? Uh, I was, it was pretty surreal at the time, but uh, yeah, we've obviously got this game next week, so like we can't really dwell on it too much. But um, uh, yeah, no, it was like, it was, uh, it was a thing that a lot of people in New York were kind of looking for for a lot of years, and they had a few close shaves in that. Um, but I don't think it'll sink in for, I don't know, a few weeks yet. Anyway, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like the scenes in Gaelic Park we were just watching on the TV at home. Would have loved to have been there, but it just looked incredible. What was the atmosphere like? Yeah, no, it was like, it was unreal in the sense it was like a Saturday evening. Um, and the crowd's pretty tight to the pitch too, so that all helps. Uh, the atmosphere was class, but... Yeah, like maybe the end-to-end nature of the game, you know, it wouldn't have been a great game for anyone that supported one of the teams, you know what I mean, for the heart, if you get me. But for the neutral, it would have been unbelievable just because, yeah, there was, it was just end-to-end from start to finish. And um, the fact it was kind of under lights on that Saturday evening then kind of added to it. And then there was a lot of people there, like there was maybe the most I've ever seen in, in Gaelic Park, like people on the hill behind the far goals and all it was pretty mad, um. But yeah, like the the scenes after were were unbelievable. Like, you know, just people hugging you and like grown men like getting caught up about it and all. It was it was unreal. Like, yeah, you could really see what it means to the the GA to the people of New York GA who for years have wanted to to get this first win and finally it happens. And I think that was what was evident when you see, I suppose, grown men crying. Joan Henshaw, who's put so much work into all of this, finally getting to to see this win after so many years. Oh yeah, like the I'd say like maybe a difference from home is like New York is a real big GA community in the sense of like obviously there's GA communities at home everywhere if you get me, but like here it goes across teams as well. Um, so like obviously we have a draft system so people can play for multiple teams, but then like after games you would probably be. You know, you could have a beer with the people you were literally just, you know, cutting lumps out of 15 minutes before that, which doesn't really happen at home. Um, and yeah, that was even evident after the game. Like people like boys that we play against are over like they're they're enjoying it as much as we are. You know what I mean? Um, and like, again, yeah, there's there's a big community buzz. Uh, that's pretty unique to hear that I've found anyway. Um, but another thing that like really why men were probably caught up about it is because as you said like the work people are doing around new york ga like even the other night we were we were training in rockland and like you know there's there's well over 100 kids just for one ga club like on the pitch before we get on like and it's like this is this is mad enough that we're outside ireland you know what i mean and then i know with brooklyn we had we had one training session there last year and, and there's like a hurling blitz for like under eights and under tens on before it and like there's like maybe 200 kids just playing hurling like in, in the middle of the Bronx, which is pretty surreal Like to, if you try to explain that to people at home. But yeah, it happens here a lot, you know what I mean? Just because people are so passionate about the GAA. It's incredible. Like There was 14 American-born players on the panel, if I'm right, and three of them started the game. Yeah, yeah. I, Jamie and the two Brosens. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like the Mathers as well. There's, there's a, a number of them. And yeah, there's other lads that are unbelievably technically really good like like it's 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 it is mad because of the amount of sports and kind of distractions they have here like for example basketball and like american football or etc etc but yeah like the work that's being done is is not wise and like new york are always uh they're always right there thereabouts with like the fila teams um and then even like st barnabas is like an american-born team and senior that won two out of the last three championships 
and they're in only beat by a point in last year's final as well. Uh, there is like there is so much work being done, and like again, like so much time invested from so many people uh, into like just letting the GA bear fruit here. I even have a personal story. Like I took a ladies team there a few years ago. Um, I was just obviously asked to take one training session, then you get roped in to taking like the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like even doing that, like it was kind of an insight into. I think we only had two Irish-born girls playing, and like, I mean, like I couldn't get my head around like the the technical quality of the girls. It was it was mental. Like, uh, you know, you go there for example the training session, and you're like, right, we'll do this drill kind of thinking not knowing what to expect and then they just rattle through the drill no problem like like technically you know couldn't ask for more and then that just kept on and then obviously you get more invested in it then because you realize like these girls are like right at it like and then yeah it's but it was it was such an eye-opener just because you're going to like the middle of queens to take like a training session and then the technical ability on show is just eye-opening you know yeah, because it was always the way that they didn't grow up playing Gaelic football or hurling or camogie, but now they do. And for a lot of them, it's it can be their first sport, as you said, if they probably Irish parents as well, they're probably more inclined yeah. to get into it. And what was oh, the team that you coached? The uh, Shannon Gales ladies. Oh, very good. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. But even... Uh... Like, I know I was talking to a fella and he was saying that, like, Shannon Gales under 10s have, like, maybe six teams. Like, that's boys. Like, so there's what, that's, like, what, 60 kids? Mm. Like, it's mad. Like, like and that's just playing under 10s. Um, so it's, yeah, then that's only one team as well. Like, there's obviously, like, other teams up in the Bronx. That's only one team in Queens. Like, it is, it is really, really popular now. Like, and, yeah. Another great thing about it here is the the community it gives you if you want to in terms of like settling in, you know what I mean? So like Big if time. you join if you join the GAA team, you automatically have like thirty lads that you can, you know, socialize with and like just get to know and they can answer questions about maybe your career or work or et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's unique in that sense that like people I know that don't play GAA that maybe move over, maybe find it hard kind of settling in, you know, whereas if you go over and you join a team, like, as I say, automatically you're in a network there with like lads who've been there for some, yeah. some of them years. And then some of them just know what it's like to, you know, just get set up by yourself. Big time. Like when you head over there, I know when I went over, like they help with, getting a job, accommodation, whatever it is, it's so nice to be able to ask and to know that they've your best interest, you know, when you have a community like that. And it's 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 so important for you, Mick, when you first went over, what's what's your story or when did you head over to New York first? Uh, yeah, so I moved, uh, me and my girlfriend moved. Uh, it's nearly six years ago now, which is, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was playing with Down and I was, I just graduated from Queens, like on a ma- doing a master's in software engineering. And then there was a, there was a pretty unique opportunity in terms of getting a J1 work and travel visa for a year. Uh, so then I could have, I could have went to the States obviously, and I could have went anywhere, but New York obviously was just a lot of curiosity about going there. And, you know, we just wanted to go, go there and work for one year. That was the initial plan. Um, and then go back and live in Ireland but came over here and worked for a year and things went well and I applied for another visa and I got it um, and then it's kind of just snowballed from there but I came over here yeah mainly for work because the motive was if I come here and work for a year it'll look good you know on my CV uh, for getting jobs maybe in Belfast or Dublin but then once I was here it's just a completely different way of life and I just loved it to be honest and then I was like, okay, I'll stay if I may as well try and keep this going as long as possible if I'm enjoying it, you know. And then, yeah, then now I'm near here six years, which is crazy because it just flies. And you got involved then with Brooklyn yeah. Jamrocks and then you have your own startup company as well. Yeah, yeah. I So I worked for, I worked for like over three years and I worked for a construction company for one year um, and then I worked in a, investment bank for nearly four years and then yeah like this last year i've started my own company with two other like close friends 
Um, but yeah, like I came to Brooklyn Shamrocks. Uh, Tommy McConvey is their manager, like, and he's from our glass, which is like twenty minutes from me in at home. Uh, and yeah, like again, it was it was very different to home in terms of like you know everybody's here to kind of better their life. So it, like Tommy understands that he's actually got an unbelievable job himself. But like he understands if you're under pressure with work and stuff and you know it's not as strict as home but that, that's not to say that it's not as like competitive if you know what i mean mm-hmm. but uh he, he's wild understandable and, and then around everything and then yeah like been playing on am which has been really enjoyable we went from intermediate to senior and then yeah like just be working flat out now on my own startup brilliant yeah i i know tommy I knew him when I was over there and then I interviewed him a few times as well. But it's some rides for Brooklyn Shamrocks, like from where they were to the heights that they've gone is brilliant. And it's a lot of it down to Tommy as well. And he is a great manager. Oh, yeah, I know. Like last year, Sligo won the championship, but they beat us on penalties in the semifinal, uh, which still hurts if I bring up the subject. But uh, yeah, like we, we have a really good team. Um, but the the best thing about it is we're a really good bunch of lads, like you know what I mean. And I know that sounds maybe cliche, but you know, everybody in the team gets on with everybody else, and it's it's kind of you know like a family atmosphere. I don't want to use all the cliches now, but like <laughs> I know what you mean, uh, Nick. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's great crack, like, and that's mm-hmm. the it's really enjoyable, like you know what I mean. And that's probably the most important thing. But yeah, but we have a really good team too, and we have a really good team this year as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm sure they were all there uh, the other night to, to watch you get the win. I'll bring oh, it back yeah. to the yeah. I'll bring it back to the game just for a minute. A wild game. It was highly entertaining to watch. Anyway, halftime, yeah. New York. They led by a point. So, what was it like at halftime? Did you feel obviously you're very much in it, but did you feel yeah we can do this? You know, you even had opportunities in that first half as well to to kick on. Yeah. Um. I don't know, like in terms of team vibe, it was more like, yeah, we're we're in the game, obviously, but it's it's more like, you know, just stay in the play you're in, if you get me. Like, like don't be thinking too far ahead of what you, what's gonna happen, like, you know, in 10, 20 minutes, or whatever. Just like just play the game, play by play. Um I know that's the way I look at it anyway. Like it's there's no no point in thinking about the end of the game when you're in the middle of the first half or whatever, you know. So it's like to answer your question, it was like a half time. I was like, okay, regroup. Like, yeah, we we we're obviously in this game. Like, but you know, just keep doing what we're doing. Like, you know, just stay present in the play you're in, and just keep trying to win that play. And then you know, the result will take care of itself. You know what I mean? So there wasn't any real like fire and brimstone speech or anything. It's more just like, okay, like we knew we kind of expected where we'd be where we are. So it's like you know, just keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, try and grind it out people always people always feel like that's like anticlimactic when i say that kind of thing you know it's like <laughs> sounds better if it was like the any given sunday speech and we yeah. were like, one <laughs> le- <laughs> no but, but even yeah. from the way you play Mick, i i wouldn't expect you to say that like you seem very um not much phases yeah i put up a tweet afterwards being like nothing phased you and colin my boyfriend had played with you before and he said He's very cool, calm, collected lad. That is that is how he is. So I didn't expect you. As you said, you play the next ball. You don't play twenty minutes ahead of yourself. Oh, um, yeah. That was pretty evident in in your performance. Yeah, no, well, like I do, like do a bit of mental work with that, and it's it's all about, especially being a goalkeeper. Like like if you make a mistake, that could really like like well, in years gone by, that could annoy me, and then you know that's like hanging over you as the game goes on. Whereas like. I just take it play by play and another thing is like enjoy it like like you don't train for months and you don't like you know obviously now I've been playing like senior football for like nearly 15 years like and like you don't do all that to like you know go out and be like in a just an odd place mentally so I just try and embrace it and enjoy it because like these are the moments you want to be involved in you know what I mean and like it's more like an attitude of gratitude, as they say, like just a ha- just a happy to be there. And you know what? Like I'm going to try my best. And that's like literally it, you know? And that's when you'll get the best performance out of yourself if you're in that mindset. Oh, you know, absolutely, yeah. Big and like, time. Yeah, and like it's it's such a weird kind of seesaw or tightrope or something because like sport is so unpredictable and like, you know, 
stuff bad stuff can happen but like that's just like life as well like bad stuff can happen to anyone so it's just about you know just trying to stay in the moment and i like and just trying to just trying to, i don't know showcase your abilities and just try and be competitive like it's again it's people think that's anticlimactic but it is what it is you know you just want to be like playing a play by play trying to enjoy yourself um and that's really it like the stuff you're taught at like under 10s you know yeah control what you can control big time like something yeah. i noticed as well was the fitness levels of new york like in previous years because of lack of games maybe you don't have national league games you know other teams are coming in off the back of that so they sometimes will be fitter, more prepared, and that's just because of lack of game time. That wasn't the case with this New York team. Like in that second half, the fitness levels were, you know, matching them. And then in the extra time, I thought New York looked fitter. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. I would say, honestly, like, even from experiences with Down at the very end, like nowadays county players are in absolutely ridiculous shape. Like, like it's not even wise. Like even when we're when we were lying out against Leitrim, like like nobody on their team was carrying five extra pounds or anything as well. You know what I mean? Like everybody is trim. But yeah, like in our team, there is some lads that are just ridiculous fitness. Like, um and we kinda we kinda knew that we would be as fit as them, if you get me. But again, like the game started, they were zipping the ball around, like like you could tell, you know, they played it together a few times. They went three points up, like that was kind of evident that, like, you know, they've they've been and done this kind of thing before. So it took us a while to kind of find our feet. But I think we knew that, like, fitness wouldn't be an issue. Um, but, again, I would say that about a lot of county teams. Like, like again, even watching a lot of county football on TV, like, everybody's in everybody's in pretty ridiculous nick. Like. Again, go back to the mindset thing. I think that is a mindset of a lot of sort of young people nowadays. You sort of eat well anyway. You sort of look after yourself anyways. And isn't it Johnny Glynn um, and Johnny McGinney? Do they have a recovery room and stuff like that? Yeah, together? yeah. Yeah, they yeah. have a recovery room. And it's just north of the Bronx or like just north of Woodlawn. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you're right. Like fitness has kind of taken off maybe in the last 10 years in society as a whole. Uh, but again, it's kind of like, obviously like GAA and like team sports in general are kind of like a copycat kind of league, if you get me. Whereas like if something works for one team, it's probably going to be replicated by a lot of other teams. And like, obviously then I know myself, like you had like Armand, like in the mid two thousands, like their fitness was unreal. And then you had Donegal fitness was unbelievable. It was working for them. So then when they take it to the next level, that has to become the baseline for everybody else, you know? So then, mm-hmm. It has just kind of skyrocketed now where like me and some of the lads do joke that like you look around the change room like and you're just like, you know, we have, you know, in years gone by, you might have been having one or two players that were maybe carrying a few, a, a bit too much or whatever, like, or even coming back from winter. But like now it's just like, oh, it's not wise. Yeah. <laughs> and just about the game again. So like about 15, 20 minutes gone, it was, that was when I felt that New York sort of got to grips with it especially in the midfield, like for you, for your kickouts, like Gavin O'Brien, Johnny Glynn, like they were immense in midfield. And that was one of the, the winnings of the game, I felt, that they really started to control that. Yeah. No, like they're two unbelievable players, like, and we do have some good hands around the middle, like, but again, um, I think like, it'd be maybe wrong to just single them two out because it is kind of a team effort, you know, like boys putting their, their neck on the line for breaks and stuff like that. And like, of course. yeah, like as you, as you said though, like after the first 15 minutes, we kind of got the grips with like the speed that Leitrim were playing with. Um, and then once we did that, like, yeah, I think, I think we sort of settled a lot more then. I think we kicked three points on the bounce, but yeah, like with kickouts and stuff, like they're two great assets to have to just be able to ping the ball to them. But, Again, like if something that worked for us in the last game may not work in the next game, like so we always need to be creative with stuff like that. So that's why I, I don't like to give too much away about kickouts and stuff, you know. <laughs> Keep talking. Um, yeah, yeah. And just to talk about the penalties, then was that something that you'd practiced going into the game? Like, did New York speak about this at all? That look, lads, it could come down to penalties. No, not really. No, like we never. 
I think it was mentioned once and we did like a bit of a penalty shootout at the end of training. We did that once and that was like, but again, like that was, you know, me just slobbering everyone taking a penalty and then them trying to like, them trying to, you know, dink it down the middle and it was more like a fun thing. So it was, it wasn't really like, oh, this is a potential possibility. Uh, but again, like I had experience with penalties talking about that Sligo game uh, if I want to bring it up it still hurts but uh, I played soccer as well then over here and um, I was involved in one or two of them there as well so like I'll always be confident that like you know in my own ability or whatever but again like it's it's unreal it's one thing doing penalties and like training and then it's another thing when it's like the winning or losing of the game you know what I mean so it's it is a bit of a lottery like and luckily we came out on top you know you like penalties I don't mind them. Like, I think it's win-win for the goalkeeper, like, because the, the players maybe meant to score, you know what I mean? So, like, if you make a save, then, you know, you look great. But, yeah, I don't, and, like, as I say, I think it's win-win. So, there's kind of no pressure on the goalkeeper, you know? And what was the referee, David Goldrick, saying to you at one stage? I don't know if he was saying, was it stay off this, don't come forward on the line? And I noticed you stepped back or I don't know, what did was he saying something to you? We couldn't hear watching on the telly, but I could see him chatting to you a few times. Yeah, yeah. No, he was just like, you can't, he just kept reiterating that you can't really come off your line until mm-hmm. the ball's kicked. But then I was just saying like, you know, you're, you're taught your whole life to move towards the ball uh, as a keeper, if you get me, like the, the narrow angles and stuff, like even for any sort of shot stopping drills. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I was like, it's going to be a natural instinct anyway. And then he was like, okay, fine. And just stand behind the line. You know what I mean? So that's what I did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you but, kept a, you kept a clean sheet. Like that's a very rare yeah. penalty shootout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But uh, obviously it was help with them two ones. The boy hit the bar and the post then. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like the last few penalties are even maybe harder than the first few because, you know, obviously people understand what's at stake a lot more. Um, so like we were, yeah, we are obviously rode our luck like throughout the game. Um, and yeah, like thankfully we came out the right side of it. Yeah. What was it like for you the moment that Mikey Brosnan put the ball in the back of the net and that was that? Yeah, I was unreal. I literally like, I don't know. I just, turned around and there was like a lot of our defenders and all were like just running towards me and then there was nearly like a rugby tackle and then a full pylon and then yeah and then you get up and that's when like you know you're pulled here there and everywhere because there's like owl boys who are just like can't believe it and like just hugging you getting hugged from like everybody and I was mad like but it was it was unreal to be a part of that like and I've, I've kind of said this in the past as well you know like uh, I'm I'm very lucky to to have been a part of that. I'm very lucky to even play for like New York, uh, even play for Down. Like, you know, the jersey's only lent to you, and there's always like, you know, people breathing down your neck, and there's always good people in competition. Like, I know with New York, like last year we had like Vinnie Cadden and Brandy Cole and myself for keeper, like, and mm-hmm. three unreal keepers. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're lucky if you get the nod, um, if in the, in the first place, and then you're lucky to just again to be playing and that's what I try to sometimes remember like you know it's, you're really lucky to be involved in this without even the result and then obviously yeah like getting the win was made it infinitely sweeter like but but again like going back to the community thing like Vinny Cadden was one of the first guys on the pitch and he's running over and giving you a big hug and stuff you know what I mean whereas like I don't know if you would get that in other county teams like uh, like genuinely delighted that yeah. you know New York over the line what are the preparations like now? I suppose you weren't even thinking of going home in a week's time. I'm sure that wasn't really in your heads. You sort of were playing the game and see what happens. So logistically and all of that, things have to be prepared. So what is that like at the minute? Uh, it's actually not too bad. Like we uh, we have a we have a good backroom team with the management. And like on Monday, Monday afternoon, I think everything was sorted. Uh, so like we're we're going home next week, obviously for this game, um, and then yeah, preparation is just we'll be training on grass because the game's on grass, not like you like parks on Astro, um. But yeah, like again, me personally, I'm just looking forward to it. Like again, like it's like 
you train all the time for games like this so like it's mm -hmm. something to be embraced something to be enjoyed and I just do the same thing like trying to play play by play and enjoy it as much as I possibly can and what day do you get home then I'm coming back on Sunday so or, or we get home uh Wednesday evening and then I'm coming back to New York on Sunday okay very good and is there Castle Ellen and Down one's going to be going to Markovich Park Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll probably definitely be going, and then I'd say a few friends will be going as well. Uh, we should have a good old, uh, a good old support, I would think. Um, more so for the fact that, like, obviously, a lot of people come and go in New York GAA circles. Even with the county team, like, there's normally high turnover. Like, maybe lads go back home or settle down and stuff. So, mm. I know a number of people are flying over for it from here like supporters um, and I'm, I'm sure like even last year and awfully we had a lot of people that like you know maybe played for New York in years gone by or stuff like that and you know they'll definitely be there as well I would say yeah that's the thing I'd say there will be a really big support because there's so many people who have such an affiliation with New York whether it was gone out there and played in one of the club teams or so many of the players that would have played in the past so I'm sure you'll see a lot of familiar faces come Saturday next week yeah, hopefully, like, oh, what an occasion it's going to be, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and again, yeah, I can't wait for it. It's going to be, it's something to be embraced, as, I, as I've said maybe a number of times. Amazing. And is everybody able to go? Like, can they get off work, visa, all that stuff? Everyone can travel? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's, I think we're full, we have a full, uh, full panel to pick from, like, so, which is great. Um, And yeah, like, work is the only one kind of for me, but I have to do a few hours on Thursday and Friday. And then, yeah, all set for Saturday. Sure, you're your own boss. You can get away with that, mate. Nah, I know, I know. But sure, if I don't, if I don't do it, no one else does. <laughs> Very good. Well, Mick, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. Wish you all the best next week, and yeah, we can't wait to see the results. Yeah, no, thanks very much for having me. I'm delighted to be joined by New York manager Johnny McGinney. How's things, Johnny? Have the celebrations calmed down at this point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, celebrations went on for probably Wednesday, a bit too long. Maybe we we were hoping to get back on Tuesday, but we'll regroup in the night. So uh, Friday lunchtime, so they should be ready to go tonight. Oh, brilliant! But I suppose it's important to enjoy this. It's a historic moment, first time ever happening for New York. So you know, you definitely should go out and enjoy it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I. Personally, I never dreamt we'd get this far, you know, when I when I took the job. So we're in bonus territory. So whatever happens from here on in, we're happy out. And talk to me just about the game itself. I might just chat first about Gaelic Park, the amount of people that were there. Like I was watching it on TV and it, it just looked unbelievable. There, You know, there was people just crammed in, really. Everybody just wanted to get in to see this game and it was under lights and the whole lot. So... Yeah, it looked incredible. What was the atmosphere like? Um, the atmosphere was savage, but I, I thought the longer the game went on, there was more people coming in. And that just, it, it was madness. Like, um, I, I've never seen a crowd like it before, and I've been at many a game. And Saturday night now was something to remember. And throughout the game, then, you were level over 18 times, I think it was. You're up a point at half time. So, what was the feeling then? Um, very much that you're in this game, that you can go on and win it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always think I always thought we would we would be in the game, but it was just important not to let the, you know if they did get a goal chance. Usually, in days gone by, you would concede concede them goals, and there would be a bit of a gap after twenty minutes. So, I know I know at the start start fifteen minutes we were three down, and a lot of people were probably thinking, you know, is this going to yeah. be the same old same? Yeah, but there's a great resilience with the team and belief and togetherness. And once we started cracking over a couple of points, I, I knew this was going to go to the wire. Yeah, about 15, 20 minutes in, you really started to to find your own. In the midfield area in particular, I thought, you know, Johnny and Gavin, they, they really started to to win ball. And that was probably a big turning point as well. Yeah, well, I, I think we tried to make them go long because we knew, like, Johnny Glynn, he's renowned for his, his hurling. And, but if you if you put that man in the middle and you get them to force the kick to the middle, he's going to get something on it. Mm. You know, so it's it's all about the breaking ball. I, I don't know, did we contest it that great in the first two or three times? But 
after 15 minutes, we definitely got the grip with it and we started getting that breaking ball that, you know, helped us a lot. Just how influential is Johnny? Like, I, I'd heard that he had a bit of a hamstring problem going into the game or up to the game and I wasn't sure what he was going to be like. Is it true or not true? Well, listen, I know Johnny Glenn well and even if, you know, the hamstring isn't great, he's mm. still playing. He he will do everything. Like, in training one night, you know, he, he pulled out and i done all I could to try and get um, to get him an MRI, you know, you have to get a ladder or whatever. He he was gone and he had the MRI the next day. You know, that's just that's him. That's that's the man he is. He he wants to get something sorted, he'll get it sorted, you know. So he'll be ready to go come come Saturday next week as well. Okay, because he did come off injured. I don't know, he went down, I don't know if it was knee or something like that, but he he's all good. Yeah, well, that's listen, if he, he told me Sunday morning when we met for a coffee, he's all good, so that's I'm taking his word for it. Amazing, good stuff. And so then the the rest of the game it was it was wild, it was highly entertaining, it really just had everything obviously leveled that many times throughout the game and then into extra time. What were you thinking on the sideline? Like that must have been um hurting stuff when you're watching on at uh constantly level and going to extra time with the whole lot. Yeah, well when it was going when it was in extra time, um Garrett Bailey and Johnny and Varley were shouting, oh, we need five lads to take penalties. And I I was that lost in the game. I was like, why, why do we need penalties? We're a pint down. But it was actually, it was a draw game. You know, <laughs> so that's how far gone I was with it. Um, and the bench. And then we we actually took off a sub. And by the time, it was Chinese whispers. By the time it went from me down to, to being you know, uh, the wrong man come off, you know. So you can probably hear it on the sideline. But listen, it all worked out well. The man that stayed on set up last point so it was written in the stars you could see and I was speaking with Mick Cunningham just before I came on to speak to you and I was saying that one of the things that I noticed that's maybe different to other New York teams was that especially in that second half like the fitness levels they matched Leitrim and really in the end in in the extra time as well you know they weren't cramping up as much or anything like that so they're very, very fit, very fit team. And like that's what happened no National League games. And that was something in the past as well that sort of hindered a New York team. But yeah, not this New York team. They, they seemed extremely fit. Yeah, well, see, I think I always found when I was playing with New York, our downfall was, you know, we, we cut the panel down to 26 straight away, you know, and then you 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 had small-sided games and everything. We, when we started last year, we kept the panel we actually left it an open panel, so there could have been sixty boys training at one stage. So it meant we were getting two games in the one day, you know. So we we kept forty three there at the minute, and we get a game every weekend, and we just treated that as a league game because you're never going to get it. And I hear I hear people talking now on a podcast about, oh, you know, going to have to get New York into the the national league. I I don't know what New York could do if they're in the national league. Should we can't we can't go home like this. We just want this. Get, you know, the conic game of if we get one game, like the Talchon Cup is ideal for us, you know. So we're we're not looking national league games. I, I if I tell my wife I was gonna go home three or four times before a championship game, I know what I'd be told. You yeah. know, so it's not it's not feasible for the county either, like, you know. But we do definitely need to try and hold on to this Connacht championship or let it be a Talchon Cup out here. And the homegrown players is probably the big difference over the last number of years. You're always sort of relying on lads coming out and hopefully they'll stay on and, you know, they'll play for the year. But at this point, you know, you've, you've so many homegrown players and three of them started. Um, there was about 14, I think, on the panel. So, you know, that's incredible to have so many. Yeah. Well, I, I believe every American club has a, um, one of the boys representing them, you know, so I think we're all covered that way. Um it probably came into fruition when COVID was probably a big thing uh, with the likes of Barnabas Rangers and Rockland, you know, Shannon Gales, all the local teams that kept all the players and that only helped them, you know, grow as as a as a county. So, listen, I think the next few years, if we just keep at it, keep at it, it is going to be hard for the next couple of years again. We don't know if the mail will be coming out next year or what way it's going to work. But if we, if we keep doing the work that's been done and on the age level, there's people I see there like, I know we're all getting the credit for it now, but the people that went before us, the people that's doing the groundworks with the failure, like we've some serious failure teams, 
on, they're, they're doing U, U17 development. There's, uh, we've a junior team going home this year. Like if we keep at it and keep at it, we we will see it even more. But it, you need you do need the Irish lads to come in and give that bit of you know belief and know how and experience. What did it mean to so many of those New York people that have been involved for for so long? You know, did you see some of them on the pitch after the game? Yeah. So after the game, it was a, was a complete. Lord. Like I just wanted, I actually ran, I wanted to see my wife and kids because I know what she goes through listening to me about football and you know, so when I seen them and then my brother, my brother who I have to actually give a shout out, he actually got his purple belt in jiu-jitsu on, on Saturday and I went to the ceremony and I was actually late come back at the team meeting, you know, it was overshadowed because of New York, like you know, and I was saying yeah. it when we went for dinner Sunday and he, he, he was, he was balling on the pitch. And I've never seen an emotion like that from him. Like he, it just meant so much to him. Because the first game I ever seen New York was they played Galway, and um, Johnny Morton was playing, and Joe Cairn was over um, Galway, and then there was the O'Connor brothers, and a brother of mine was playing too. You know, and it was just mental. The atmosphere was mental, and I just always knew I wanted to be a part of this. Like I couldn't understand how a group of lads from New York were were playing in a in a big game like so. It's 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 unreal. It was an unreal weekend. What does it feel like to be the first manager to have went and done it? Uh listen, it, it could have been anyone. I honestly think with, with um the timing and all, I when Joan Joan asked me to do it and I turned it down, I said I'm not. I it's too early because I I'd be more involved with the development of the, the Irish American kids. And she said it to me and I said, I can't, Joan, I can't, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And I went to a meeting. I went to a meeting one night and she announced me as New York manager. And that's... So you never said yet? No, I didn't accept it. And she announced it in front of people and I had people coming up congratulating me, laughing. And I, you know what? I was I, I was very annoyed, but then I said it was COVID and everything. And, it, you know, there was it was a weird place back here. And, I, you know, it was just seemed like the right opportunity. You know what? Just give these boys, give these boys a couple of, couple of years. Well, it was meant to be one year. And then I sp- I sat down with Johnny Glenn. I sat down with Alan Campbell. You know, all the boys that you know that if they, if they, they listen to what we're trying to do and back you, and then I suppose you get your backroom team. I think the, the backroom team we got was brilliant. It's you know it's there's some boys there and they're just pure crack. They just keep you you know yeah. on your toes and and you have to give a big shout out to Gareth Bailey who won an All Ireland down. He, yeah. He's there. Um, He's he's the cool guy in the camp, you know. He he's <laughs> nice to everybody, you know. So me me and Joan actually don't interact. We go through Gareth because sometimes Joan would be shouting at me or I'd be shouting at her. So we've got <laughs> Gareth Gareth's the peacemaker now. So you know, but yeah, everything worked out well. Absolutely, yeah. I was delighted for for Joan Henry. Like she's done a lot over there in New York, you know, um, especially yeah. for the development and and the homegrown players. So it was nice to to see so many of them involved as well. But even when you looked at the the panel, like I didn't hear a lot about New York coming into the game and I would know quite a lot of people over there. I did, still didn't hear too much about it. And then when I seen the panel and the different players that were playing that I was aware of from, you know, you had Gavin O'Brien from, from Kerry, obviously Johnny Glynn. So I thought, geez, this is a really strong team. You know, they make Cunningham and goals. You would have played for down. It's, you know, there's experience all over the pitch. Shane Carthy would have played for Dublin. So I knew going in, geez, they have a real opportunity here. Is that what it felt like amongst the camp before the game? Uh, 100%. I, I've never met a, a crowd of lads this confident. Even it was Rob Walton. And he, like he, he's only in this year. And like he was like, we're going to win this game. And I was sitting in the back of my head going, we're playing here 23 years and this boy's coming in with this confidence, you know, and listen, it was great to see because even against Lego last year, like I was, you know, you want to stay in the game, what you do, you know, going back home now is going to be completely different. But if you, if you, if you break it down, like Leitrim coming out here to play at 11 o'clock at night and, you know, everything was going against them. And then if they, like, if they had got the breakthrough goals, the game would have been over, but it just, whatever it was, the boy stuck at it, the belief was there. You know, Shane Card, he's brought, he's brought his cockiness. He, you know, he, he he brings great energy, like, and he just he, his, his enthusiasm is is second to none. And then, um, like I mentioned Rob O'Kern, 
Varley, I, I don't know if you've met Adrian Varley, but he's he's probably the most positive man I've ever spoke to in my life. He just everything is positive. We were doing the warm up before the game and we do a star drill and you have you know, you have three or four balls and the first three or four balls went away over the, the next man's head. And I was going to Gav Chase, you know, we need to get the nervousness out and then Farley come into the circle and he turned around and he said, That is the best warm up I've ever seen. And I just looked again and I said, This man's on another planet. But it he just he had all the boys ready for it, you know. It was just yeah. it was mad. He's he mad, but he's been I rang him on Thanksgiving because there was word that he was going back to Galway, which he's well fit to play for Galway. He, he is such a talent. And I got wind that he was going to be invited back in, invited back in. And then Thanksgiving came around and I just said, you know what, I'll give him a call. And I rang him at Thanksgiving and just wished him happy Thanksgiving and I'll see you next year. And then he rang me three or four weeks later and said, listen, I'm coming out after New Year. So I knew when I had him on board, I, I just I said we're going to build something here, and, and nobody knew about it. You know, we we kept everything in house. We tried to just keep it. Went about our business. The forty three lads or whatever we had, and just the like slim boys. So was he at home at that point, or he'd moved over there when you rang him? So he he moved over last year. Okay, and he was playing with Mayo out here. And right, he played last year. But then his visa, there was something about the visa. You know, they're just they're not that easy got anymore or expensive. Mm-hmm. So I think he just got fed up. And I think he wanted to go home and play with his, his club. That's the one thing he missed was playing with his club. So he, he just decided to pack it in and went home and played with the club. And I just said to him, listen, if, if you know, if it's an option and, and Galway don't come to all this was probably a week after Galway beat Armagh, you know, so it was ringing him anyway yeah. to see. Uh, I said, listen, if they don't come call him, will you will you will you think of us? And he said he said that he, he would. So just delighted that we have him. Yeah, and you do you really need all of those those players, especially with the experience of of home as well. Um I must mention as well, give a shout out to Cunnell Hearn. He would be a club mate of mine. He came off the bench and made a really big impact, four points. Um yeah, he he just was lightning when he came on. And as you said, probably a little bit of that uh, cockiness. That you probably need at that point. Yeah, yeah. After the game, he was trying to tell everyone he was the most decorated forward in in New York. So, you <laughs> know, he he doesn't lack he doesn't lack uh, confidence, but he is a nice he's a nice left peg, and I'm gonna tell him it's getting close to mine. I said it's not there yet, but it's coming close. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a great lad to have around. Like he's just Conal can talk, but you know, on Saturday he definitely walked the walk. So mm-hmm. you have to give him his credit for sure. And Johnny, you would have played with New York. You would have been a part of those panels, you know, to been a part of all of that and then to be on the sideline watching on and actually seeing them win. It must have been surreal, probably, moment for you. Oh, it, was, it, was, it was mental. We, all, we always spoke about, just think about, you know, the 30 seconds after the whistle if you win. And I, I, I couldn't watch the panels because I, I was just, I was bet, but... When that whistle went, I I never experienced it. I've never experienced what what I felt after that. Just, I think it's just relief, and you know, the, I I don't know how the managers do it at home with the stress, and all we have is one game. I don't know how to do it week in week out because <laughs> when the, when the football's over, I I shut off from football from mm. Monday. I when it comes seven o'clock on a Tuesday, yeah, I worry about football, but I don't know how to do it week in week out. You know, talking the media, doing all. I I don't know how to do it. I just Stress levels through the roof. And for the penalties, then, had you planned who would take the penalties before the game? Is it something you've even talked about? So on the torch night or the Tuesday night, boys were like, "Oh, we, you know, we don't want to be." I'd be all for, you know, hard ball drills, getting them ready. And they were like, "Oh, we're a bit sore, we're a bit sore." So we sat down and we took penalties, and we we just sat down because the boys were sore. And I'd say every one of the boys scored a penalty. And Mickey saved none, and then it was okay. the opposite. It was the opposite come the game, you know. But I knew, I knew when Mikey Bryson was taking it that, that he wasn't going to miss because he just, uh, he's that laid back. He's he horizontal. He's just cat like he's just comes late to train and walks with just a sleepy head in him. And I just knew that he put it away, you know. And you didn't watch it. No. Didn't watch any of them. None of them. So who told you or was it just the reaction of the crowd? Well, or? 
would you believe there was a, I don't know if it was Marty Duffy or who it was, he was with the Connacht Council anyway, and he came over and shook my hand and said, congratulations. And Mike Brosnan was walking up to take the penalty. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He's going to score that. I, I was shaking this man's hand before Mike Brosnan took the penalty. That's how, you know, listen, <laughs> Tempted it's a horrible, face. yeah, it's a horrible way to lose. And yeah, you know, I, I just, I hate the disrespect that, that the Leitrim were getting on social media. That's why you're training up be a part of it but I just hate people disrespecting the team that's coming out 3,000 miles you know wearing the county colours and then yeah. you have some knobbing on the other end of the lane telling them they're useless and I just I don't get it I don't get it No not at all and they came up against a brilliant New York team like I was looking at the New York team thinking is this one of the best New York teams that we've seen you know in terms of the homegrown mixing that midfield of Gavin and Johnny Nicking goals, we've mentioned so many of them. Like it's probably one of the, the toughest New York teams to face. A hundred percent. No, hundred percent. And that was my thing. Like we we done the stats on it. Uh, we actually have a lot there's a lot of backroom team and they're they're asking them, um, you know, will I do stats and this and whatever? And I say do whatever you want, like because I'm I'm not big in the stats. I'm I want to enjoy the football, just go out and you know, you know what you can do, just do it and do it with a bit of passion and heart. But we had stats and we actually had more uh, championship games as, as you know players on our team than they did and we had more uh, monster medals you know all our medals than they did than they did they were coming to our, our pitch so you know why well, I, I don't see I can understand why we were down the dog because we don't have challenge games but on paper we I you know we had as good as teams they had yeah just on the challenge games, did you have any game at all or was it just amongst yourselves? A, we had A versus B. So if you were on the A team, you were on the first 15. So mm-hmm. the lads that were on the B team were jogging it out. Of, like They were taking lumps out of the boys. You know? And the actual last game we had, the last game we had of A versus B, the B team won 11-3. Jeez. <laughs> and that was, that, was, that's a week, that was a week before the game. Yeah, they're trying to put uh, their hands uh, up for places. Yeah, and we were sitting here going, Jesus, you know. And that was probably one of the boys out of the 20, that wasn't in the 26 scored three points that game too. And, you know, you're telling them you're not making it, you know, yeah. too late and too late or whatever. But, but listen, it, it definitely, only only for we had the 40 squad, the 43 plus squad, um, we wouldn't have done it. That's a fact. Um, and then looking ahead then to 22nd April, just over a week's time now, you're going to be at home facing Sligo in Markovic Park, the Connacht semi-final. How much are you looking forward to that? And and how is preparation going and logistically planning everything, flights, and can everyone travel and all of that? Yeah, well, I think I think for people is going and then the management and then Half of Woodlawn's coming as well, which is great to see. Um, the logistics of it is, is mental, like it's trying to get stuff ready, flights done, and you know, you're ringing a couple of businesses saying, Listen, will you pay for a few flights? Because, well, no matter what happens on next week, we still go back again, whether it be in the Talchin Cup or if I, I don't even want to talk about kind of fine because if that's the case, then you're into that. I don't even want to talk about that because I, but it's a possibility, I don't know. Johnny, it could be in a kind of final. Oh, uh, it's a possibility for sure because we have the boys. But I, listen, we, I think that anyone that's over here on the York team, we're here. We're over here to work, you know. Mm. So you try and turn around and tell someone that, oh, I'm, I'm going home three weeks out of four or something. I, I, I don't know. I will worry about that when it comes. But just mm. listen. We hopefully we we represent our county, our clubs, and Everton well next week, and hopefully you know stay in the game. You know, I, I don't want to be. Like awfully there, we were gone after ten minutes because we weren't used to the wind, the rain, the grass pitches. So we'll try and stay in the game, and then whatever happens, anything that happens here is bonus territory. So we'll definitely give it a go. We'll regroup in the night. We'll see who's sore, who's what. Get to twenty six named on Tuesday, and then we we board a flight on Wednesday. And we head to Bundorn, I believe we're going. Very good. So. I believe Markovic Park have given us the pitch for 30 minutes. I don't know what we're going to do in 30 minutes, but, you know, I just, 
I, I wish they'd give us something longer. You know, we, we are traveling, like they are traveling. You know, we give, but at Gaelic Park, does be given to the teams here for however long they want it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand the pitches, you know, they have to be kept because they're grass and the weather. But, you know, I'd like to think that we get more than 30 minutes on a pitch for the boys to run about or whatever, you know. When is the 30 minutes? Is it the day before or a few uh, days before? I believe we're allowed on, on the Thursday, the, so the day we land. Okay. No, yeah. So, you know, you're not going to mm-hmm. get too much. As I said, Mike Brosnan, he comes late. So he, by the time 30 minutes is up, he's probably <laughs> only tying his boots. So, <laughs> yeah, you'll need to get him there half an hour early, tell him the wrong yeah. time. And so then in Bundoran, will you get any training in there? Are you training at a club there or how's that working I, for you? I believe Bundoran have, have reached out to us and said that the facility is there if we want to use it. And then, I, you know, I think there's, um, we're staying, staying in the Great Northern. So Very I think it, ha- it has um, the beach beside it and that. So listen, we won't be doing too much because mm-hmm. boys, I'm sure, will be jet lagged and the whole lot. So we'll do whatever training we need now on Sunday and then get ready to go on the Wednesday. And at this moment, everyone can travel in terms of visas, work, everything like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I Hopefully I don't be getting, you know, the call this evening saying listen like this but I, I think I think so I think everyone's excited like usually you only bring 26 back three boys that, that want to stack in so you know it's all or none so county board and fairness to Joan and Claire and Seamus like this year after, you know from all years they've backed us we, we met with them in January and we sort of we just sort of seen like a list of stuff that we thought went wrong last year um, you know, simple stuff with only getting gear for 26 players where we're keeping 40 and, you know, off the bat, they 100% anything they said that they were going to do, they're done. So, we have to get, you know, we have to thank them for that. Brilliant, Johnny. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. We wish you all the best now next Saturday. Um, Yeah, and hopefully New York can go on and get the win and be in the, the Connacht final. Wouldn't that be great, Johnny? <laughs> what it asking? What it? Thanks very much. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.